Hey, this is Ryan Croton from More Than Velocity Podcast. We're going to do another segment with my man, Mike Killian. Again, we're keeping these short. You got to listen to this guy. Um, like I said, he is a go-to guy for me, uh, especially when it comes to injured pitchers. And unfortunately, we're in a place where we have to know more about return to throwing programs and rehabilitation than just player development. Because I'll tell you what's going to happen. Those of you who have injured athletes in your business, um, they're going to go to Mike. You know, I mean, he's a guy that's going to gobble up those athletes because he's got a, a real uh, sound way of being able to get them back uh, on the mound and doing the, the right thing uh, to exceed performance. For the people who are listening that are in the industry, they have facilities. You know, if you're a coach listening to this, if you're a player listening to this, we're going to have the contact details for Mike. I just want to, before we get into this, I want to address, he's, he's shifting his business model because he, you know, I've had to make him realize there, there's nobody really doing this. Um, you know, Sullivan's great. He's, he's one that comes to mind, Randy Sullivan. Um, but in his neck of the woods, I don't think there's anybody on that side of the world, the Midwest, even the West Coast. I don't know too many guys that are taking these, these broken pitchers, you know, they're in a cocoon and, and bringing them into the butterfly, you know, the butterfly being this, this uh, recreation, this reincarnation this transformation, this morphology of becoming a new athlete. So this is a symbol I've been asking him, you know, we got to kind of think about the business. I don't do a ton of business coaching, but I, I help some people that I really care about um, and are really focused on doing the right thing for athletes over making money. And, um, you know, we came up with this rejuvenation pitching, you know, that that's, that's kind of like his deal. So I got to keep tapping into his case studies because you guys got to know, you know, how he's going about his business. You're going to have herd athletes, unless they're, if you're not using our arm care system, you're going to have a lot of them. They're going to be more. We've got oh, almost 5,500 athletes using this three reported arm injuries to date. And in science, science would tell us we should have 1500 surgeries out of a population like this, or at least injuries that require conservative management of throwing injuries. So we need to know what to do if you're not getting this device, you're going to end up getting it. If you have a hurt athlete, you have to, you got no way around it. Um, but don't go there. It's, it's just easier to stay well than to get well. So we're going to go into another segment on a player he's working with from Wichita state. Uh, kid wrote a testimony beautiful. He's, he's a, he's bought in high level pitcher and uh, might take over. Let's walk, let's walk through what's going on with this. Okay. Guy. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a guy from St. Louis, you know, so I, I've, I've been actually working with him off and on probably since he was 13 and he's now a, uh, I guess with, with COVID, I guess he's a COVID sophomore. You know, I think, I think academically he may be close to being a junior, but you know, with, with COVID and the way they were keeping eligibility, he's a sophomore at Wichita state. Uh, and, and he loves the program. It's a, great program there's a ex uh, pro that's a pitching coach and he texted me probably a week ago he said hey i'm starting to have uh, arm pain and he had it in the past and we got him to, to the cardinals orthopedic and we basically you know did rest and then and then did a return to the throwing and got him healthy and and he went to wichita state uh, this year so he, he texted me and said hey i'm starting to have this arm pain again you know and so i said you know exactly you know Give me some details, exactly what's going on. What, what are you doing there? What are the, what, what's the training staff doing? And, and they were doing everything right, you know, 
I mean, nothing, nothing crazy. And, you know, and it, but he just kept having pain. So he kept having to shut down, rest it, start back up and the pain would come back up. So, uh, you know, I said, so you need, you know, so I said, you need to get these two devices, a connection ball and in a, in a training sock. You have them with you because he's used them with me before. And he so goes, tell no. me just, I, I don't mean to cut you off. I just kind of, as we get into that, I want you to go into look, cause you mentioned it before in previous segments, I want you to go into a little bit of detail of their purpose. Why the connection ball? Why okay. the sock? Why is it that that's something important to you? Yeah, the, what the connection ball does, and it's it's what we call put it in position one, which is which is the inside of the the, the form and the in the bicep. Yeah, so right in here. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And it, and it puts the arm in the perfect position, and so you can't get any form flyouts, and you can't get your hand behind your head, and. And so it, I mean, it, it, it's amazing how you can use that and put your arm in the perfect slot and guys will immediately throw with it and not have a single issue. Yep. And then, and then the, the training sock is more for the posterior type work. You know, you, you see guys, you know, to, to do the, the posterior to try to build your, you know, pitchers do the reverse throw. Well, if you think about it, yes. Reverse though is concentric. Hmm. And your follow through is he said, he said, Oh my Lord, you are speaking <laughs> to me in the right language. Yes. yes. And, and so I've always cringed watching. I, I me too. I, think just wait. I, I, I got to cut you off there because this, this is the part that kind of baffles me. Okay. This really baffles me about reverse throws. All right. In biomechanics, I'm a part, partly a biomechanist and an exercise physiologist in biomechanics, the highest loading on the elbow is near maximal external rotation. It's talking like if you're looking at the data and you're scrubbing it and you're looking at the curve, it's like two clicks. Boom, boom. You're at the peak. Just before maximal external rotation, it's like almost right there, right? Now, we know that's the that's the hot zone, okay? Now, you take this, this weighted ball and the torque, the valgus torque, which opens the elbow, right? Remember, it's laying back. It's opening up the elbow. We're accelerating layback. We're accelerating the speed of the arm going behind the body. Okay. So now we got the mass of the forearm, which gives us some mass. Uh, we've increased the acceleration, you know, mass times acceleration is force. What are we doing? We're, we're just like what you're saying. We're concentrically operating behind the body. Now, and you know, cause you're, you know, you're an athletic trainer, you're in this world. 90% of the injuries in baseball are posterior driven right? Uh, slap tears, peel back mechanism, really, you know, lack shoulder, laying back quick, a lot of leg, you know, bicep tendon rolls and uh, pulls the labrum off, right? That's one. All right. I talked to you about um, the, uh, the layback of the, the forearm, rapid speed, we're increasing the load on the UCL, right? And the other thing is posterior rotator cuff tears. Again, like what you said, eccentric. So a lot of our injuries are posterior related. There's some compression related injuries and those things happen. TOS, um, thoracic outlet syndrome, for people don't know is compression of, uh, the blood vessels. And, um, I just think we need to be a little bit more skeptical of the things we see on social media. We need to be a little bit more scientific and, um, you know, you just kind of got me on a rant. Let's, let's go back to you. I'm sorry. 
So what the training sock does, you ba it's basically like a canvas bag and it, and it has a little strap that you hook your, ping, your pinky and your ring finger in, you know, so it kind of holds that sock in place so it doesn't slide up and down. And you, and you basically put a baseball in before you put your arm in, okay? And then, and then what happens, and then you grip that, that ball and then you go through your normal throwing motion and, and the, you release the ball, but it stays in the sock. So, so now you're getting that eccentric building of, of the posterior shoulder. Yep. And what we found is, is, you know, once I get somebody through the pain phase and they have no longer pain, now you can truly take a seven ounce, a 14 ounce, a 21 ounce ball and, and work, on, you know, two weeks each. And now use a plyo ball with, with no stress to the arm building your posterior side. Yep. I, I mean, dude. My Lord, I, I remember back in a, a while back and Jordan Osegura, he's not on here, but he's done with Tom house. He was, he's worked with Tom house, you know, his upbringing, he's really been a strong mentor for him. Um, but he's done a lot of research into the effects of weighted balls. And, and, and one of the things that he kind of brought to my attention when I joined the angels is how impactful uh, weighted ball holds are. Right. So it just kind yeah. of put it put me on this like spectrum of like, hey, I want to study this. You know, one, the thing I like about it is that you got to challenge your grip. You're not letting go of the ball. It creates an ischemic um, component. So when I mean ischemic, it reduces blood flow to the arm and people who, you know, they're using blood flow restriction training. It's putting more growth hormones in the tissue. It's increasing lactic acid. There's more growth hormone that gets released. There's a lot of these different benefits. Of, of this ischemic position forearm endurance. Right. Um, but what I notice, and people knock weighted ball holds and they're going to knock the sock because it doesn't look like throwing, but it's a training exercise. Exactly. What you said is that now you're decelerating the deceleration training. I mean, imagine this, we're getting training by throwing or a throwing action. So now we're getting closer to what happens in the game. Right. I move it like, I don't know, a five pound cuff weight and I'm going in different positions and it's it's isotonic and it's slow and concentric. But now I've I've kicked it up a notch, even with a lighter implement. We were getting strength benefits with like two pound balls um, and not letting go. And I'm talking like 10 weeks. We're seeing five, six pound increases and in jumps, you know, because of that, you know, for me, I, I'm not I'm not a clinician. Okay. I am not a, I'm not a physical therapist. I'm not an athletic trainer. I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm a PhD, but you are a clinician. And when I hear this from you, it's like, okay, you know, it kind of validates I'm on the right path researching this. The other thing that I like about weighted ball holds that people might not know when they're listening to this is that it increases beyond throwing. It increases the eccentric elbow flexion torque. Okay. That means that it's slowing down elbow extension. And what people don't realize, like I got into baseball and, and when I first started, it was like, no, don't do bicep work. Don't do uh, isolated bicep strengthening. Stay away from it. It's not in our program. They're going to get bicep training when pulling, they're going to get, uh, you know, they'll get enough that they need in rowing. Well, I started researching the bicep. The bicep is crazy muscle. Okay. It's amazing. You know, one players are vain. They like checking out their biceps. Uh, they love it. You give a pitcher bicep work and you're like, Hey, work on your guns. They love it. Um, but the bicep, uh, especially in the eccentric component is the, is the strongest stabilizer. 
of the medial elbow. Think about it. It crosses the shoulder joint. It crosses the elbow joint. So it's got two functions at the shoulder and the elbow. So the, at the, at the elbow, it's a valgus strain resistor or sprain resistor. So it, it protects the UCL. It slows the arm. It reduces valgus extension overload. That's another problem when the UCL, the muscles aren't very strong and get compression in the elbow. So that's something it does the bicep you need. But what people don't know is that in the arm, when it lays back, the biceps is secondary stabilizer of external rotation. So if you're a super lax athlete, right? Uh, you got weak internal rotator cuff eccentrically, your biceps going to do more. It puts a lot of stress on it. Um, and, and it pulls off the labor and it's not strong eccentrically, um, to handle that, to have strength in a lengthened position. Um, so, you know, I, I just love the muscle. Uh, it's a, it's a great, it's a great stabilizer in, in so many ways. It's an assist, it assists in raising the arm up. I mean, the biceps are crazy muscle. It's important. So, you know, I'm just kind of getting back on that, that sock training that you're doing. You're doing the right thing, in my opinion. So I'm going to go back to you. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. And, and you mentioned holds and the sock came about because, you know, because the, the holds were a big thing. But what you'd find a lot of times based on the athlete is, is their throwing motion would change trying to hold on to a heavier ball. Correct. And what we found with the sock was, was that since you're releasing it, but it's staying in the sock. There's no longer that, you know, that uh, throwing chain, you know, that yep. you're yep. able to release it like you normally would a baseball. Okay. Getting back to you. I'm sorry. Cause you, you're just spitting wisdom and I got to do the side piece. So this is another cool thing about Mike is that um, he's looking for biomechanical consistency. You know, that's, that's been the knock for weighted balls, you know, and, and uh, I think, you're going to be able to pioneer certain ways to utilize the sock and, and, uh, and training heavier implements, you know, different components, you know, maybe I, I always thought about this too, is, um, uh, squeezing a ball that doesn't compress, not like a plyo ball, but generating more of a stiffness in, in the wrist and in, in the forearm development, like we're talking shoulder, but you can get maximal information out of it. But, um, you know, I just, I love the fact that you are, you're using the training and this makes sense with an injured athlete. I, I get it. You know, if you use weighted balls with a healthy athlete, you know, that's okay. But it, reintegration, yeah, they've been off of throwing and they need to rehearse what their pattern is again, or a better pattern, right? So you make total sense because now, um, you know, force mass times acceleration, if I put a heavier mass in my hand, acceleration goes down. So that can affect the force of the training that, that you're not influencing. You're really doing a great job keeping acceleration high and the biomechanical consistency. So I'm going back to you. Thanks, man. Okay. So, so that this athlete uh, came home this weekend uh, from Wichita state. And, and so he came, he came to me last night at the end of my, my training. And so the very first thing I did was, was put a, a connection ball because what I'll normally do is if, if I, I use a connection ball and there's still discomfort, then I'll add the sock because it actually just creates another stabilizer. But what, what we did is we, we put that connection ball in, in position one, which is the, you know, the inside of the bicep and forearm, and, and he threw a baseball you know, into the side of the net. And he goes, no way. I go, what? And he goes, nothing. Okay. You know what? No pain at all, you know, because he was for the last three weeks, every time he'd throw a ball, it'd be like somebody was stabbing him with a, with a knife. 
And, yep. and so he grabbed the baseball and threw it a little bit harder and, and kept doing this for 20 throws. And then it literally at the end of 20 throws, he still had absolutely no pain. His, his medial side of his arm was not tender. So, I mean, he was hooked. And so at that point in time, we set up a whole protocol of, of taking the arm care program and, and wrapping it around those throws. And yeah. then basically what I told him is we're going to do the connection ball for, for almost a week. You know, and, it, and if it continued, you had no pain. And then we're going to add the sock in so we could start adding weight. Because yep. what, what I've found is, is I mean, I'll do pile balls up to, up to two pounds, but they're always in, in a sock. Yep. So yeah, we're, man. So we're, even though we're releasing it, it really isn't releasing out of the, you know, from the, the, the pull on the arm. Man, dude. You know, so, so you know, we'll, we'll go two weeks with the seven ounce, two weeks with the 14 ounce, and two weeks with 21 ounce. And he was panicking because, you know, he's supposed to go play in the collegiate league this summer. You know, and he goes, well, you know, that's six weeks out. And, you know, and I said, you're going to be fine in six weeks. Nice. Nice, man. I mean, oh, this this is how a return to performance process should happen. I mean, biomechanical consistency, monitoring, strength monitoring. Strength is the apex. You know, we're not doing that. I mean, most of the kids, when they go back to return to throw, the range of motion has been worked on. It, it, it It's going to improve by throwing. But the strength needs to be there to, to, to protect itself. But what I love about you is uh, you, you, you set benchmarks. You know, players, when they get hurt, they're often in the dark. You know, and one of the reasons, especially the more expensive they are, people don't want to fudge it. You know, they don't want to say, oh, you're, you're going to be ready in, uh, you know, five weeks. And they're afraid if the athlete has a setback or it's got to be extended. But what I like about you is you're, you're, you're understanding the psychology about this kid. He's worried. He doesn't know. He needs exposure. He needs to be on the mound. And, you know, here, here it's, this is coming up. We got, you know, we're in a time constraint. And all of a sudden, you know, you give the reassurance, the confidence and say that you're going to be fine. We're going to get you there. For me, you're my athlete. I'm injured. Opposed to anybody else. I worked with a physical therapist or whoever, you know, who might send me home with a return to throw program and I'm on my own. I'm going to you because you're going to get my mind right. And you get my mind right. You're going to get my body right. You're going to get my emotions right. You're going to get my behaviors right. You're going to start sleeping. I'm comfortable. Keep going, man. Okay, yeah, I mean, and that was pretty much how we left it. I mean, you know, I in the protocol. He's he's going to. You know, I gave him a, a dynamometer and the and the resistance bands and the hip and core band. And so, starting today, he's actually doing his fresh exam. He'll go through his 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 uh, prep for the fresh exam. Do the do the fresh exam, then he'll he'll actually do the the uh, connection ball. He's going to do three sets of eight. You know, day one, and then he'll do his post exam, and then he'll go through the workout. And, and now he's going to do that every single day. Once we get into the weighted ball. He'll actually do the weighted ball every other day, and and he'll do just the straight connection ball with the baseball on the opposite days, and then and then you know and again, will I be able to monitor? And I'll be able to monitor hearing from uh, you know Missouri with him and being in, in Kansas by the arm care program, you know. So I'll know immediately post test if you know if it started to drop or you know, then then I'll be able to immediately adjust his workout. 
Amazing. Because all, all he's doing in between are the throws. So we know if, if the fatigue hits too high, then I'll back off on what, what throws we're doing. And or, or make sure he's doing them right. You know, the yeah. other thing he, he promised to do was, was he, he will video them when he does them so I can make sure the mechanics are there. I mean, this is ah, – I get chills talking to you. I mean, I think you're a genius. But um, the cool thing about you is that the standard of care doesn't end. You know, it's, it's like – that's another problem in rehab. I know I'm going off in another – I hate saying rehab. I got to stop saying that. Return to performance because you're a return to performance specialist. You're a rejuvenator. I mean, that's what it is. But what I like about you opposed to other people in the industry – and I don't mean to discredit other people – is that the athlete is generally case managed. And once they hit a certain place, they're given to someone else. Hey, I'm the physical therapist. All right. I got them to return to throw. Uh, they're back, you know, working with a strength coach. Uh, I, I'm kind of a little bit backed out, you know, your standard of care is, is all encompassing and it's continuous player leaves you. You're there. You're with them along the whole time frame. It doesn't matter. You're taking them from soup to nuts, coming in broken, coming out hot, and you're measuring, you're, you're, you're monitoring them. You're keeping that going to ensure that they stay well. And, and you and I both know, I mean, obviously we got a medical perspective. We're looking at data. We, we, your personal experience, secondary injuries, man, not good, right? Not good. Much more challenging especially if it's a secondary surgery. I mean, I've worked with some players that had three Tommy John surgeries, three. And, and every single time I, I can't even imagine how they come back. I mean, it's hard to come back from two it cuts your return to performance percentage in half essentially. Um, but coming back from three, you have less biological tissue. You're, you're grabbing, you know, cadaver stuff. You're grabbing tissue from your thigh or wherever you're going um, to be to dock it again. I mean, it doesn't work that well. Yeah, uh, or even just uh, you know, you do Tommy John, and, and what people don't understand is is they're cutting your pronator and flexor tendons just to get to the UCL, and and so and you know it it's never the same. I mean, you know you'll you'll see indentations on guys. I mean, I can look at a forearm and, and know immediately, even without seeing a scar, that he's had a procedure. Yep, uh, unbelievable, man. I mean. This is, this is crazy. So let's, let's get to this player. So, so we've talked about the outset. We've talked about where he's going to be, um, where you forecast him, you forecast him where he's going to be, how you're going to monitor, you know, this particular athlete, what's going to happen when he goes back to the school year, because a lot of people have this problem. You know, I see it. You, you can look at online. I mean, all these greats in the industry, all these private industry greats. I mean, there's great people out there. No question. Uh, being outside of major league baseball and seeing people in private industry, it kind of, I'm like, wow, you know, why are these guys not working with the best athletes in the world? You know, but you get these, these college guys that you get for like a, a second, very short. They got to go back to school. How do you, how are you going to massage that relationship now when he goes back to college, because they got to win, you know, and, and this is, sorry, I don't mean to go off another tangent, but in the industry of sports, we got to start to become more uh, humble. Um, we got to take our egos out, right? That's a barrier to communication. So I'm just thinking myself, and it's different. Here I am, pitching coach, you know, at what X school, and uh, my athlete's been sore. He's been having problems. I'm trying to do stuff. I can't get to a place anymore. The guy that's got the ego, 
That's the elbow that blows out, right? The guy that says, hey, I need Mike. I got to go to him. I don't want my player experience this stuff. He's got to go there and get fixed, right? Now I've become that elite coach because I'm able to delegate to somebody who is a true specialist. How, how does it get massaged back though? You know, now when the athlete comes back to the program, healthy, feeling good, I'm the pitching coach. I want him to do my thing. I want him to throw my frequencies of pitching. I want him in my program. How does it work with you? I, I mean, what I believe is going to happen with, with, with him is when he's going to go back and he's going to be healthy. And, and so I think it's going to actually open up the door to these guys who are going to say, well, well, what are you doing? I mean, it, you know, it, another perfect example is there's another college guy that we haven't talked about yet that uh, I've gotten him healthy and he's now back playing and, and he's doing all my stuff at, at the team facility. And everybody's like, what are you doing? And, and now there's, there's four guys that are actually following what he does with the equipment that I gave him. Yeah. I mean, just imagine that. I mean, the people that are out there, especially in the private industry, right? Um, you need to secure that athlete's business. One, you care about that athlete. He's taking care of your family. He's looking after your facility. He's, a, he's essential. Doesn't matter if he's 12 or if he's, you know, an MLB Cy Young winner. He's committing to your business and your life and your family. Imagine, just like what you're doing, and want the people to understand how you're, you're so successful, is, you know, our product, obviously, I, you know, I work for the company and I believe in it. It's not sales to me. It's, it's a message that needs to be sent. Having this small investment, we're talking, uh, you know, you're, you're spending a dynamometer that's research grade should be about 1500 bucks to $2,000. And for each month, you're, you're spending the price of a taco or a burrito from Chipotle, you know, and now when the athlete has that, a person like you is never out of the loop. Never. You just open, you would just open up your computer every day, scan through the guys, Say, hey, I got to reach out to coach so-and-so. I just want to help him monitor this athlete. Because guess what? This kid gets hurt. He goes on the shelf. There goes your livelihood. He's not coming in. You got to wait um, to, to have that athlete again. And it doesn't feel good because you have so much knowledge to give the athlete. And now you got to go through this. And he's got emotional pain. And the the, the pitching coach with a huge ego who, who, who doesn't want her is like, I, I'm not taking this in. This is not me. He loses the player. And if it's in a consequential team and the AD um, is not happy, there goes your job or the head, or he tells the head coach, Hey, you got to make a change. You got to show me that you're going to make a change here in this staff. You know, we're not making the top 20 and we're a huge school or a big sec school. I'm putting a ton of money into your athletes. I'm giving you all the opportunity possible to be successful. Are you doing the most possible to keep them on the field? And that's where a guy like you personally needs to be a consultant to colleges, um, you know, especially there because colleges are more, in my opinion, have more pressure than pro teams. Um, the big league level, yeah, there's a ton of pressure. People get fired over injuries for whatever reason. But the college, you're not replacing players like a minor league system. You know, you don't have a, a, a good pool of athletes. You can just jump in there. You're going to lose. You are going to lose by ego, by not accepting new information, by not accepting help from people who are specialists, right? So I, I you know, I'm, I'm talking about you in the future, 
but I mean, this is where your mentality is, right? It's, it's this continuity, con- continuity of care. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I never lose track of these guys. I mean, I'll text, I mean, I'll literally text them weekly, you know, how's it going? I mean, you know, and, until I see that they, you know, if they've moved on and, you know, I you know, still wish them well. And yeah, I mean, I'm constantly, you know, I mean, you know, I probably, I mean, I have a, you know, a cell phone and, and I'm probably up until 1am answering, you know, guys send me video and, you know, so I'm constantly looking at their stuff. I know, man, I'm, I'm up late. This is why I love you. This is why I think you're made for pro baseball. Personally, um, you are wound up after 10 PM. In my opinion, the people that I've seen that are most successful in pro sport, because it's mostly night games are the ones who their brains come alive after the game. You know, I see some coaches. I love them all. Everybody I've worked with. I love, I think they're great people. I've learned so much. I'm so grateful for them, but my evaluation, you know, and and there, there's definitely has to be work-life balance. Okay. For sure. But my evaluation of great coaches, the difference between great coaches and elite coaches is this ability to after the game, not going into the shower and putting your clothes on right away and trying to get out of there. You know, game's over. Yeah, you lose. Okay. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to reset. I'm going to leave for the next day. Now those elite coaches, they're digging. They're pissed off that that the team lost and guess what? They feel responsible and they, they hang around. I remember with the angels, man, we had some great coaches. Um, I got to name a couple of them right now, uh, at least in my side of things in strength and conditioning. Lee Fiocchi, uh, guy you got to meet, uh, dynamic sports training. Uh, the assistant coach that we had there, strength coach, Adam Auer, phenomenal. And we would just sit there, you know, and players would get banged up. We'd look at the treatment reports. We'd look at the injury reports. We'd talk about our own training. We'd talk about people that came in to talk to us, you know, during games. A lot of the time, we didn't go and watch games on the bench. It'd be very rare to see a strength coach sit on the bench in that organization because during the games, our brains were alive. We were talking, we were programming. Hey, this guy's coming out. What's the adjustment? He's fatigued. We're going to evaluate him. What's the adjustment? You know, he's complained about this. What's the adjustment? Sore back, getting treatment, that squats out the door. Let's come up with something else. Okay. When the, when the starter comes out of the game. To me, that's, that's elite. Those people I work with were elite because they had, they had the intestinal fortitude and the mentality that they weren't going to turn it in and they were going to have no stone unturned. So when I get emails from you and I go to bed, you know, pretty late one 30 in the morning, usually I can't turn off the pro setting in my brain. I'm doing work. I'm thinking, I'm looking at data, I'm evaluating, I'm coming up with marketing strategies, all these kinds of things. And then I get emails from you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's my kind of guy, you know? So, hey, this is uh, the last segment of Mike Killian. Um, I'm going to have his uh, information. We're going to, we're going to, you know, really, you know, get some outreach because some of you guys that are listening to this guy. You need to communicate with him. You got to let him talk to you. He is a lovable person, uh, always giving you time. He is, you know, creative and objective and data led. And uh, he's a role model for me. He's a mentor for me. And I've only known him for a few months, maybe a year since using our product. And uh, I'm just grateful to the Lord above that he's put, he's in my life and I hope he's in yours. 
So Mike, thanks for this, uh, these segments and, uh, you know, until next time and more than velocity. Thank you.